Hello. Hello. John was here. Hmm. Hello and welcome to the relaunch of the ECHL Authority podcast. Yes, I know it's been a while, but we are back. Um, so me and Ray will be hosting it. Um, and I guess we'll start off. Our first guest is John Hill, our newest writer, um, who will be covering the Orlando Solvers. John, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, not a problem. I love podcasts and I love talking hockey, so I figured I could hop on here, help you guys out. So I guess um, we'll start a little differently than we planned um, with the biggest news uh, coming earlier this morning with Mark French uh, stepping down Wheeling. Um, Wheeling currently sits at 16, 24, 5, and 1 this year. And it's Mark French's first season. And. Um, a little bit of a surprise to me um, coming this late in the season. Um, I guess we'll start with you, John. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, so I actually spoke to a uh, inside source at the Nailers today, somebody that's close to the team. Um, apparently, um, also this week, the Nailers have traded um, Jolly down to the Orlando Solar Bears. Um, now, this is just rumors. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying this is fact. But according to my source, the Nailers are bleeding cash right now, and it may be one more season, and they may be done. Reagan, we'll, we'll go to you. This, uh, what are your thoughts on you know such a coaching fire in this late in the season? I mean, like you said, like it's so late in the season, and I just didn't really see that happening. Um, I know the Nailers have kind of been like back and forth this year and like struggled a little bit. But I just didn't really see that coming, especially like this late in the season. I thought he may just like finish it out, but that's just me, I guess. Yeah, and, and as we mentioned, I guess we'll just kind of leads us into our next segment. You know, when you look at teams that are, you know, it's been a tough year for teams, and you know, especially with money and everything with, with the pandemic going on, and, and you know, the, the uncertainty before we even got the season started. You know, I, I just tweeted out, you know, when you look at next season, you know, yes, the COVID numbers are going down, but we still have the possible Trois-Rivières expansion, um, and we still have Newfoundland, and we already, we already saw Brampton fold um, this season. So the question is, um, and I guess I'll start with you this time, Reagan, do you think we still see Trois-Rivières start their season next year? At this point, like, I know there's still a lot of time left before, like, next season starts. But just the fact that I feel like we don't have a lot of information about them yet, but like Iowa, on the other hand, has already kind of started to release stuff. I find it a little hard to believe they'd be ready by next season. I'm kind of thinking it would be the following season. But it'd be interesting to see like how they can like get everything together by the time next season starts. John, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Because Twaver has been one of those teams who has been talking about for the last two or three years, and everything seems to be finally getting set they have an affiliate and uh you know bad timing maybe uh yeah with the way that canada's seeming and i've just just from what i've seen on tiktok like canada's in like an ultra lockdown right now like no americans are allowed across the border anything like that i mean it's going to be definitely difficult to get the canadian government i guess on board probably for an expansion for an echl team um, next season, but like you said, maybe the year after they're just going to have to postpone it a year, which would stink because I love adding new teams to the league. And I know we had Brampton in there a few years ago and they just didn't seem to really work out. Um, but I'm hoping that we're the ECHO will finally be able to kind of get a stronghold in the Canadian region, which would be awesome. 
Yeah, and you know, one thing you have to kind of look at is, re- regardless, this doesn't really affect um, the North Division because, you know, you, you lose Brampton now, but with Tuarevier coming in, you know, you, you keep that alignment, which I think is one, one of the things, you know, I think is off the ECHL's mind, um, even though I don't think it would have been a, a, that big of an issue, um, seeing that some of the divisions have six or seven teams. But, it, you know, I, I'm excited to see Tuarevier, and I'm excited, you know, not only because I know that's going to be a competitive team, um, you know, especially when you look at them being affiliated with Montreal, and we already have seen what what, what the Growlers have done um, with with uh, Toronto. And I guess that's bringing me to my next question, um, and, I'll, and I'll ask you first, John. You know, Tuarevier is obviously a question mark, but what about Newfoundland? You would, you would think it's got to be hard for them to sit out two straight years. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard for a team to sit out two straight years, like you kind of said. Um, the only thing I can maybe see, and this is just using kind of what the Blue Jays have done, um, is maybe relocate to somewhere in the States that has an arena. Um, maybe somewhere like Kansas City, somewhere maybe like Houston kind of comes up where they could you know play one season down here in the United States if need be, and then just go back to Newfoundland. Um, obviously, Newfoundland has a great... Um, has a great following. They have a great fan base, but it just seems like if this continues to trend the way it has with Canada, that they're going to have to try to maybe find another way to maybe play their season here and maybe the States. And I guess I'll, I'll, I'll mention this to you, Reagan, you know, one would have to think, you know, maybe, you know, the ECHO kind of looks at this a little bit differently because you don't have Brampton anymore and you're probably not going to have to wire here. So you really only have to relocate uh, one Canadian team. Yeah, I mean, I kind of had the same, like, thought process, because especially, like, financially, I just don't think it'd be possible for a team to sit out two years in a row, because that's just a lot of money you lose out on, which that just never works out. But then if they're they if they're able to, like, relocate for just even a year, I think it'd be possible for them to be okay at the end. Another question is, you have to look at this in this factor is, if Newfoundland, you know, does relocate, you know, how do you recover that lost money you're making with fans and everything? That that's another point you got to look at here. Yeah, that's a lot of lost revenue, which that would be really tough. But I do think at least being able to play some games, even if it's not in like your home town or home arena, you could still kind of somehow recover. It'd be really difficult, but at least you'd have something. I mean, personally, we're seeing it this year with the teams here in the States. A lot of them, I don't think any of them are making money right now. I think a lot of them are struggling because, you know, we have this limited attendance and 90% of the ECHL is based off ticket sales. You know, ticket sales, that's why we see promotions like Dollar Beer Night and stuff like that at some of the games, you know, just trying to get people in the door. And I just, like, like Reagan said, I don't see a team being able to withstand two years of just nothing. Like, you can sell you know, fake tickets almost in a way to fans, but eventually you're going to run out of that money. Yeah. And, in, and obviously it's tough, especially for, for, for a team like Newfoundland who's been so successful and been one of the better teams over, over the last few years in the, in the, in the, in the CHL. And, you know, when you look at it, they've had a ton of guys go up this year, uh, up to the AHL. So it's nice to see those guys getting an opportunity. At this point, I kind of remember, you know that meme that came out, like, right around when Tiger King came out, where it's like, like I'm never going to financially recover from this. It, like, just the fact, if they had to set out two straight seasons, like, it's going to be exactly that. Like, I don't know how they'll be able to recover and, like, 
just get their um, organization and team like just back up and running just like that. Yeah, that would be, you'd almost have to like let go of your entire staff and just pray and hope that they'll rejoin again when the season does come back in place. I mean, the best thing I could see, like I said, is just, you know, maybe move them to somewhere in the States for the year. If they have to move the staff, maybe put them in like a nice, you know, hotel area or something like that. But it's going to, if they're going to want to come to the States, they're going to have to come with some sort of plan. Yeah. And, and you know, as we're going to see this off season, you know, with, with, Teams being able to own own rights to players that they signed last year, I think it's going to be a very interesting offseason to see, you know, whether these guys who left and and found new new cities to play in are going to come back to their old cities, or if you know we're going to see teams basically having to start from scratch. So that's what I'm excited to see this offseason. I know personally that we've got a lot of guys from Europe right now because a lot of them didn't want to go into a lockdown type situation. And like you said, it's going to be interesting to see if these players that are here in the ECHL right now are going to go back to the ECHL or are they going to go back to Europe as well? That, that's another thing that comes into this season. I feel like it just really depend on like the COVID situation and how that plays out by the time like next season rolls around. Cause if it's still as bad as it is now, like yeah, cases are going down, but at the same time, it's still not looking great where I feel like if that's still going to play a really big factor, a lot of players are just going to still go back to Europe and just Play there so they can keep playing just in case something were to happen here and regardless i think we are going to see a lot of those you know american teams like, like the whole north division you know besides you know uh newfoundland i think they're going to be back i think everybody who opted out is going to going to be back um and ready to go next year so uh, that's what i'm excited for so I guess, I guess we'll move on to uh some recent news and we'll look ahead um Reagan uh, and John, we have a, a big matchup this weekend uh, as uh, Orlando uh, and Indy face off. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun little series. Not going to lie, I'm still a little nervous because uh, the Fuels still have a lot of injuries um, that they're dealing with. Um, Router's still out. Prague's still out. Wicked is still out. I think Spencer Watson's still out. So a lot of our big scoring guys are still out injured, which has been really rough these past couple of games. But I think it'll be a good series. Yeah, and, and Reagan, let, no. let's look at it. They, they started off the year hot, and, you know, they've started to, to cool down, you know, over the uh, last few weeks. Has it been the injuries, or do you think it, it's just, you know, they got off to a hot start and now they're starting to get back to life? I mean, I think injuries have played a big part of it. Um, just like, especially when you have guys like Prague out, who's like, not even like a big score, just a big body out there. Who's not afraid to get physical. It kind of does take a toll. And then you get to the point where the defense can only do so much. Um, but I do, I think it could be a little bit of both, but I do think injuries do play a huge part in that. Now, John, let's look at the solar bears. You know, it, the, the fuel in the, and, and, uh, in the solar bears, I believe they're two or four points out in the standings. How important is this weekend for Orlando? Um, I think it's one of our more important weekends that hasn't featured the Florida Everblades at this point. Um, we also have like, kind of like Reagan said, we're having, um, I guess, kind of a COVID bug going through the team right now. First, Jerry D'Amigo hit the um, commissioner's exempt list. And now our starting goalie, uh, Clint Windsor, um, hit the COVID list. I think it was yesterday. But I think the management has done a good job here in Orlando. They went out and got Michael Jolly from Wheeling and uh, will hopefully have a little bit more of a scoring touch. And also we got Michael Lackey back from the AHL. 
So, Ray, Reagan, um, I asked, I just asked John this, but what does this weekend look like for Indy? Um, how big is, is this series for Indy, especially knowing that they, they haven't played well over the last few games? I, mean, I think it's a big weekend because they especially, like, they're coming off of a 4-0 loss against the Comets and just looking to bounce back and just try to get that momentum going again. Um, back to what it was at the beginning of the season, just try to finish out the year strong. And, you know, it's been a very interesting year. And I think, as John mentioned, you know, one of the biggest things, and I've talked to Reagan about this, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, John, is, you know, it's been a surprise to me um, that the ECHL has really been able to keep COVID under control for, for the most part. And, you know, I guess I'll talk to you about this because Florida has been one of the biggest hotspots. What's been the key for, you know, teams like Orlando and Florida Jacksonville, how, you know, they're somehow being able to keep their players healthy? Um, I think the big thing is, is just kind of staying out of those spots where, you know, that there's a chance that it'll be around. Um, we have a lot of bars and everything here in the area, but it seems like the players are kind of staying away. We have a bar that's literally maybe not even a half mile away from the arena that a lot of fans go to that apparently usually a lot of solar bear players go to after the games. And they're just not there this year because they don't want to risk the chance of, you know, getting a COVID outbreak and then your team stuck for, you know, a week where they're not going to be able to play. And then you end up having to make up these games where there's, you know, they're playing four or five games in, you know, seven days. And it, I just don't think these players want that right now. Yeah. And as we've heard from everybody in the ECHL, you know, it, it's a tight schedule and, you know, it, it hurts on the players, you know, it, you know, playing three games in four nights and, you know, those three and threes every week. And, you know, and um, I think so it's got to be tough. As you, as you were saying, people played like eight or nine games in like twelve days. I'm like, that is just kind of ridiculous. And like for me, that was like we had a bunch of home games. So it was like a three and three, and I was, I was tired just doing that on top of school. I'm like, I can't imagine playing that many games in that few amount of days. Like yeah, and um, you know, I guess I'll I'll start with you, Reagan, for this question. I'll ask Keynes next week when he comes on. Um, and I'll start with you, John, just as you just started with us. But Reagan, you know, we we all knew this year was going to be a very interesting year. Um, and I guess I'll start here. But you know, with teams pulling out and you know, not having that that player interview that we had, you know, and every doing everything through Zoom, you know, for me, I've obviously found it hard. Um, I just put out. Um, basically, a little where are they now piece for guys who had signed with the Thunder and gone elsewhere. But it's been a year for me bouncing around doing NWHL, um, NCAA. Oregon, what's it been like covering the fuelness in, in these uh, uncertain times? I mean, it's been kind of interesting because, like, for me, for one, I've never actually like covered a hockey team like this, like the way I am now. Like, I've like followed them like since they kind of became a team, but like never followed them like too seriously or like had to like cover them. So that's just kind of been an interesting adjustment for me, like in general, but then now trying to like balance all of that on top of like basically Zoom University has just been kind of a struggle because I don't learn well online and it just, it feels like a lot to handle sometimes, but at the same time, it's been like really interesting. And then it's been interesting to see like how well they've been able to pull this off um, just like through like the pandemic and everything. No, you as you as you mentioned, you know, it's your first year covering the team. It's got to be weird entering, you know, the media in a in a year like this. So once, like, we actually found out I had the media credential after the little um, miscommunication mishap, um, I was emailing the PR guy Mark at the, with the fuel, and 
the first game I was supposed to go to with my credential, he had gotten COVID like literally that morning, like a tested positive. So of course his partner is also out due to like contact tracing. And I was like, well, now I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing or where I'm going, but we're just gonna see how this goes, I guess. It was quite interesting, but I mean, it still worked. I made it there and I did what I had to do. No, John, you've been one of the many people who have um, used the pandemic to make a TikTok account. Um, take us through that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been different. You know, I've I've to be honest with you guys, I've been unemployed since June. Um, started the TikTok and then I started going to, you know, I'm a season ticket holder with the Solar Bears now and we go to all the games and there's nothing better than going to games and now getting a chance to cover the team and, you know, kind of get a little bit of an inside scoop with, you know, I've talked with Jerry D'Amigo and I'm trying to reach out to other players to talk to them and kind of, you know, just get a feel of how it is for these teams and these players right now. But you're also seeing like, I feel like the teams are growing even like closer because when they go out on the road, they're basically stuck with one another. Like they're not really allowed to go out into like the bars and everything like they normally would. They're just kind of, you've kind of like built a team a lot better. I feel like this season. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's, I guess that's the one thing you got to look at is, is, you know, team chemistry has been a lot easier to build, you know, maybe they're not able to go out, but they've been spending a lot of time on the road and, you know, they're, they're, as you said, they're stuck together in a hotel. So it's definitely a, a very weird year for, for everybody um yeah i mean i will say like based off of like the fuels like tiktok page it seems like the team they just bond like really well together and all of their tiktoks just they make me so happy it seems like there's some like chaotic energy but like i just kind of vibe well with that and it just i don't know it just seems like they like get along together like really well and they're always just having a good time I know with us, like the brotherhood, like you said, kind of like they're, they're everyone's just like as a team. Now we had Jerry D'Amigo announce on the ice what his kid like he, he had his um, gender reveal party on the ice. And you just saw all the all the players running around him, like cheering, screaming. It's a boy. It's a boy. Or I knew it. I knew it. And you just see the like pure emotion of these guys like they've all become a family this year. Like there's no other way to put it because. They don't have a choice. It's basically become a family or it's over. Because mm-hmm. also, don't they have to, like, drive everywhere? Like, or did I mishear that? Yeah, basically everyone, I know with us, we bus everywhere. Except for maybe you guys, we might fly. Because I think once they reach, I think, like, 10 hours past, like, they start flying for some of the teams. Yeah, because I've been on a bus before from where my hometown, which is, like, two hours north of Indy already two, three hours, and driven down to um, Orlando, actually, because it was for a marching band trip. And we drove from, like, two hours, like, the Chicago area all the way down to Orlando. And that was, like, a 20-hour bus ride, I think. Not fun. (laughs) No, it is not. So, So, um, I guess that wraps up uh, our first episode. As as I mentioned, you know, John John and Raiden will both be covering – the weekend series, and they'll have their recaps out later this week. Um, and we'll end our, our show as we always do. And I guess we'll start with the newcomer, John. John, uh, any final thoughts? And where can our viewers find you on social media? Yeah, uh, you can find me, uh, that solar bear fan on TikTok, uh, that solar bear fan on Twitter. Um, I kind of keep my Facebook to myself, but I'm um, basically, if you look up that solar bear fan, that's basically me. 
And then my Twitter uh, is just Reagan McCoy 12. And then my like TPA, like Twitter for the fuel is just TPA fuel. Um, you can find me, uh, I'm on Rich on Facebook, uh, Rich on Twitter. Um, TPA Thunder, which is very quiet uh, this year for obvious reasons. Um, I will do a little self-promoting promote my latest article, my Where Are, Where Are, Where Are They Now piece, uh, which was published about two days ago. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um, see what the guys who signed up with uh, Adirondack are doing now. Um, and I guess before we end, um, before because we didn't get to it uh, in the beginning, um, for those of you who had been watching the show before, um, Reagan um, has now joined us, uh, joined me um, on the EC Gel Management team to our uh, assistant manager. So um, congrats to her on that. Uh, well deserved. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <Hey>. <laughs> so um, for me, Reagan and John, um, thank you for for sticking with us for these months of uh nothing. Um, uh, but our podcast will be back weekly um with a different guest. So until next week, we will see you later. <laughs>